Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey everyone, I'm Jen. I'm Ash. I'm Mick. And this is Wrestling With Jam. We're three 30-somethings with a shared love for professional wrestling. Join us each week as we discuss all things wrestling, from current events to past favorites. And let's not forget about Seth Rollins' scandalous angles. Or Roman Reigns' nibbles. <laughs> or all the wrestling-adjacent tangents. We put out new episodes every Tuesday. You can find them anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts. break you out and not just you but the rest of the inmates in this horrid place is this some kind of weird good cop no cop deal no that feeling you just felt feeling nauseous and the stomach punch that was caused by this device she motioned to the shiny scary looking thing by pressing that i have made the office secure for us to talk but we don't have long before they get suspicious they? Who's they? Oh, CK, they are the bad guys. The ones who have taken beautiful species from other worlds and locked them up. We need to help them. I looked at her as she was saying all this, and my gut said that she was genuine, but I have one foolproof way of knowing if someone is being truthful or a bit of a scoundrel. Finn? What do you reckon? Finn hopped down from his chair and walked round the desk. He studied the face of lab coat lady and almost instantly laid his head on her lap. We're in. What's the plan? I've had an idea in place for a long while now. I just needed one more key thing. That's where your motorcycle comes in. Ooh. 
Hey folks, Ray isn't actually angry. She watched Dog Day Afternoon a while ago and liked that bit. Hated the film. Thought it was about dogs having a bad day. She did love 101 Dalmatians though. Just, just not the dogs. The conversation with Lab Lady took place a week ago. Also, it turns out that Lab Lady has a name. Who knew? That name is Jamie. Professor Jamie. Now, the prof has been Area 51 for years now. She began as a lab tech and has worked her way up to the position of head of science. Which sounds scary, given the context of aliens and unknown organisms and probing and all that malarkey. It turns out this has just been a very, very long-term plan. Actually started with her dad. Now, her dad has been a soldier who acted as security at Area 51. Initially, he was steadfast, followed the rules, as was his job. This led him to being promoted more than once. Now, the odd thing about this place is that the better you are at your job, the lower you go. But in this case, geographically. On the surface, the physical surface, he worked in the checkpoint at the outermost fence. He did his part. He was diligent, and this was noticed. This moved him inwards and downwards, instead of onwards and upwards. And this continued throughout his career, inwards and downwards, inwards and downwards, guarding people and places that had a higher security importance. And then he was moved to a station that changed everything. Soldier Jamie Dad was moved to the containment unit. The containment unit is where me and the furry crew are just now. Or at least we are in one section of this vast area. And oh boy, when I say vast, I mean if you use the traditional CK system of counting, this would need 1,278,627 sandwiches to fill the entire thing. Deep filled sandwiches at that. It was the prof that told us the size of this place, and then I did the sandwich calculation so I could understand. We're in just one section of this whole place. One tiny segment of a giant, deadly orange. Our segment contains four cells. Each cell door was halfway down each wall. That was it. No other doors, no entrances, no exits. Well, not visible ones anyway. I'll explain that later. And the whole place is also painted white. The cell bars are white. The bedding is white. The walls are white. It's creepy. It's clinical. And it's very, very icky. What makes the place thoroughly interesting, though, are our fellow, shall we say, inhabitants? Neighbours? Me and the gang are in one. Directly across from us is Curry Murray. Now, he's a talking koala bear. Okay, technically he's not a koala bear. He's actually from Neptune. It just so happens. Very closely resembles a koala bear. And you know how koala bears are all cute little thingies? Yeah, go tell Curry Murray how cute he looks. He's a feisty little Neptunian. In the cell to the left of me, as I look out, because there is only one way to look out, is Junior Bigglesworth. Junior is... And I kid you not, 
a one-eyed, one-horned, flying purple people-eater. Yeah, turns out that old novelty song that your folks sing at barbecues after a certain amount of whiskey, that was named after Junior Bigglesworth. The only difference that he doesn't eat people. Pumpkins are his food of choice. But the writer of the song, the one who saw Junior crash land and also happened to work in the cafeteria at Area 51, changed it to people-eater for, you know, the drama. He's actually a one-eyed, one-horned, flying purple pumpkin-eater. Junior is also not from this galaxy. He's actually from the Triangulum Galaxy. Let's take a slight detour from Earth for a wee minty as we head to Junior's hometown. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. And that's as far as I go with that reference, because they like to sue. Triangulum is a fair distance away from our own Milky Way galaxy, roughly 2.73 million light years away, which in miles is way more than I want to walk. Size-wise, Triangulum is smaller than the Milky Way with only 40 billion stars compared to the 400 billion of our own galaxy. The one very big difference is that Junior's galaxy only has one planet. I don't mean just one that is inhabited like Earth. I mean one planet. That's it. And according to Junior, not a huge amount to do there. So, one day, Junior got bored and he went for a drive. Difference being, a drive for the young Billingsworth wasn't a trip round the block. It was a trip round his planet in his own spaceship. Unfortunately, Junior learned a very important scientific lesson that day. He learned about wormholes. He was tootling along, listening to his tunes, and unfortunately wasn't paying enough attention. And he went through a wormhole, travelled all those light years I spoke about, and ended up in Nevada. The ship wasn't in great shape when it... landed... Not flying anymore means it's landed, right? Junior was quickly snapped up and is now cellmate 86753309. On a plus note, it's theorised that organic forms shouldn't be able to survive going through a wormhole. Not only should the organic form not survive, but the wormhole should collapse. Junior made it through. So, So that's something. So, so far... There's me and the furry crew, Curry Murray, Jr. And what is behind cell door number four, Johnny? That would be Eloise. Eloise is a unicorn. As much as it bites to have any of my fellow inmates behind bars, seeing a unicorn in a cell? Nah, not right. I mean, come on. They're... Make rainbows. Eloise's story is one of lights and laughter and popcorn. She worked in a circus. No, really. It was a sideshow-style circus, but with a couple of twists. The first twist is that all the sideshow participants were willing. I mention that because some of these places have got a bad reputation. The second and most wonderful thing is that all the participants were genuine. Eloise had always wanted to be part of the circus. Ever since her and her family went to the annual event where all, all kinds of beings you can think of can gather together safely and have fun with each other. 
I've been there myself. It was amazing. Part of the things that were on there was a sideshow circus. Ever since then, Eloise had wanted to be part of it. And eventually, with her fantastic mum's permission, off she went and she lived her dream. She's spoken to me about the sideshow circus. And other than her good unicorn self, there was the bearded lady, who was called Melissa, and could give ZZ Top a run for their hairy face money. The mermaid, that was Sally, of course. The strong man was a troll in a wig. The lobster boy was a selkie with a deep tan. You get the idea. And the whole thing was run by Madame Mac. Madame Mac herself was a banshee who had decided that being a harbinger of death and sadness wasn't for her, and took herself off to find kindred spirits who thought that maybe they could do something different or just for fun. Which is how it came to be that Madame Mac's travelling sideshow became the only real sideshow, right under the noses of the humans who came along to ooh and ah. And all the while, Eloise and the rest were having a grand old time and raking in the cash. This was all on earth, by the way. As we know, all these folks are here with us. They're just really good at keeping themselves safe from danger. Unless they're hidden in plain sight, of course. All was flinging along fine and dandy until one dark night. The group were camped up and having a wee sing-song when a vicious thunderstorm struck as if from nowhere. A painful and dangerous deluge of rain and hail soaked the family of Madame Max travelling circus and everyone bolted as fast as they could back to their sheltering cabins. The storm lasted no more than ten minutes and ended with a peal of thunder that could have woken a thirteen-year-old boy on a Monday morning. Afterwards, everyone made their way back out, greeting each other with terms of are you okay and flipping Nora, that was a bit unexpected. They were fine, but then they realised that one was missing. Eloise wasn't with them. She was gone. Her friends searched and searched, but not a hair of her multicoloured mane could be found. They searched for a week. Nobody slept, but it was to no avail. Eloise was gone. They made the heart-wrenching decision to carry on their journey. How do I know they searched for a week? Eloise could see them. The storm that cracked out of nowhere was a weather creation machine of alien technology that had been, how do we say, acquired by the people at Area 51. It was meant to be used for agriculture. In this case, it was used as a diversion tactic. You see, the circus had been spotted and they wanted Eloise. A unicorn? Of course they did. They used this as a diversion to steal her away. Eloise was shown footage of her friends searching for her as a way to weaken her resolve. Did it weaken? Did it heck is like? Eloise, Junior, Curry Murray, all the others who are in here never broke, which is why they're now behind bars. That was going to change. Professor Jamie's dad, remember him? He saw all this and he hated it, but he kept a stolid face. He knew what he needed to do, though. He had to do the right thing. And to do that, he needed someone else on the inside. And that is where Jamie came in. Now, right about now is where you may expect another flashback training montage to show Jamie growing from young girl to genius scientist with empathy and mad skills. Like Buffy the Vampire Slayer with a Van de Graaff machine. 
but no. She was already a scientist and in her twenties when her dad came to her and explained everything. He asked if she would help. She said, of course. The last thing that needed to be in place was new technology that could be the tool that got all of these captive beauties out of here in one swoop. And that is where the crypto cycle comes into play. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Last week, when we were in the prof's office, she explained to us that after years of waiting for the right moment, it had finally arrived. Her knowledge of cryptozoology was, of course, exemplary, but even I was taken aback when she asked if the crypto cycle was the work of the Anansi. Actually, it wasn't even really a question, it was more like she was checking for confirmation of something she already knew. You see, while the Anansi is known, knowing about her and believing that she is real are two very different things. Even for someone in Prof Jamie's role, so to be asked in such a matter-of-fact way left me gobsmacked. She asked me various questions about the capabilities of crypto, and each answer made her face happier and more determined. This is it, she exclaimed. She then told me about a machine in Area 51 that had been in the warehouse for decades, one she stumbled upon while getting the layout of the land, as it were. When she told me about it, I almost couldn't believe it. And then I quickly checked myself about where I was and and that not that long ago, me and the furry crew were very nearly severely flambéed by a dragon on Roanoke Island back in the 1500s. The most important part of this machine is that only two people knew what it could do. She was one. 
and the other one was... All right, you lot. Lunch time. Sergeant Reedy, always good to hear your velvety tones. Professor Jamie's dad raised from the middle of the floor. There were no doors in the cell blocks, but there was a large sliding panel on the floor that opened up. A platform raised and our gracious host appeared like a spectre in a stage play. With him, he had a lunch trolley, and not a small one at that. Pumpkins aren't small, and Junior Billingsworth can mash those things away like you wouldn't believe. Curry Murray, well, take a guess as to how he got his name. Today was a heaving portion of chicken jalfrezi. Eloise, the exotic and almost supernatural unicorn, loved funyuns, and she was furnished with a trough full to the brim. She would eat them all apart from one which she would then use to play hoopla with her own horn. The days can get long in here. Do I need to say what I asked for? Sandwiches. For me and a variety of treats for the furry crew. One thing I will say about Area 51, the catering is exceptional. How the lunchtime would work was that the food would be left outside our cells, the guard would then leave via the hole in the floor, and the cell doors would open. We then had two hours to eat and walk round. There would be a warning bell, and then we had to get back into the cells. And yes, I asked what happened if someone decided not to go back into the cell. Nothing good, let me just say that. The food still got placed as usual, but when the Sarge got round to me and the furry crew, he looked at me and said, We have a lovely selection for you today. Ham and mustard, cheese with a side of cheese, marmite, and finally, tuna. He then pushed his cart back to the hole, and as he descended, he said with a smirk, Enjoy your two hours. Maybe try dancing like no one is watching. And with that, he went out of sight and the panel slid back into place. Five minutes later, the cell doors slid to the side and we had our two hours. It was Junior who said it first. So that was weird, right? Curry responded. Yeah. When's you ever said anything that enjoy your food? It was Eloise who managed to connect the dots. You two. What have we learned in the past week about CK? After a pause, both Junior and Curry said, Age Marmite. Age Marmite. Eloise nodded with satisfaction and looked at me. What's happening, CK? What's happening is that we're all getting out of here. Their eyes went wide. First, I explained the situation with Prof Jamie, her dad, the cryptocycle, and the machine that Jamie had found. How do you know you can trust her? Or both of them? Jamie has the fin seal of approval. All nodded with understanding. There's something about Finn that immediately resonates with those of a less-than-human persuasion. And the cameras are off, aren't they? Yep. Dance, or in our case, talk like no one's watching. Now, let's have a looky through these Marmite Sarnies. These disgusting 
ikke marmite sandwiches. Sure enough, in amongst the platter of these yeast-based ick bombs were the three parts that make up the crypto-homing device. Thankfully, in Ziploc bags. Even more thankfully, the Furry crew love marmite and cleaned them off in no time at all. I took the parts out, along with a note that was in one of the bags, a very simple note that said, 24 hours. I then looked up at not actually a koala bear, the unicorn, and a one-eyed, one-horned, flying purple pumpkin eater, and said, We leave tomorrow. We ate well, and then we danced like no one was watching. Marmite. Ew. Tis approaching twenty-four hours past. Our two hours of free time was close, and we were all very casually sitting leaning against the wall and whistling, and in no way did we seem at all suspicious. Honestly. The large panel slid back and the platform was raised, but this time it was empty. Right, folks, it's time. All or nothing. I pressed the button marked Retrieve on the crypto-homing device. There she is. As the cacophony of noise settled, the cell doors opened. We all rushed to the bike. The girls took their places in the sidecar. Finn was about to, but there was something on his seat. I pulled it out and then he got comfy. You remember what this is, wee man? Horus. Feeling brave? Very. That's my wee man. What was in his seat was the machine that the professor had told me about. It's an incredible piece of equipment that had been laying quiet and forgotten in the vast warehouse of Area 51. Nobody knew when it got there. It just seemed like it had always been. I'm not much into signs and things, but come on. After a battery of tests, examinations, failed trials, pulled hair, scratched heads, it was thrown back into the warehouse and there it lay until lab coat wearing prof Jamie found it and figured it out. Eventually. It still took a while, but after her dad told her about the type of beings being held, she added cryptozoology to her studies as well as science and managed to crack the code, as it were, of the machine. She did try and explain it to me, but I don't have the science background and I checked out pretty quickly. Thankfully, my part to make it work is simple. A short sequence of button pressing and it's done. The pre-programmed destinations have already been inputted by Jamie and her dad, but that must have taken a while. What it can do is remarkable. It's a time lasso. The last part of the plan that we spoke about in Jamie's office was this. The time lasso had been available to use, but only for one person at a time. It had to be all or nothing in here. That's where the crypto cycle and the Anansi's almost infinite power and magical skills became the crucial part. When the crypto cycle travels through time, it's covered in an impenetrable bubble. Nothing can break or breach that bubble. What else it is, is limitless in size. Me and the furry crew were in our usual positions on the bike. Curry Murray, Junior and Eloise were at our sides. They would be safe inside the bubble. I inputted the details that the prof gave me. 
be jiggered. There was a slight blue tint to my vision. That was the only reason I knew the bubble was up and running, because it was not around us. It was way bigger. How big? I guess we'll find out. My next step was to input the coordinates from the time we arrived last week, a time that was known to be safe. With that done, I lowered my goggles. The furry crew already had. Finn, it's time. Finn inputted the sequence, and instantly, Junior, Eloise and Curry were now attached to the machine by a very thin strand of bright red light. Seconds later, red light filled the entire room. So many strands, all of which were attached to someone in this place. The light was so bright that I could barely see, but I could make out the travel button on Crypto. Here goes nothing, I whispered, and I pressed the button. Here we go! We've arrived. And we were back at the time and day me and the furry crew started this Roswell mission. The bike settled and then I looked up. Oh my giddy sandwich. The bubble was... Bake is not the right word. Mammoth. Gargantuan. Yeah, they would be better. And it was filled with the captives from Area 51. Beings of all kinds. As far as you could see, all with the red strand of light. We didn't have much time though. Finn, time for the final sequence. Response. Finn put the final step. As soon as he did, the string started to vanish rapidly and so did the beings they were attached to. Jamie had figured out that this machine could return people to where they should be. Back home. Or where home meant to them. All of the inhabitants of Area 51 who had been captured to be studied and poked and prodded were now heading back to where they should be. That was the time part of the time lasso. They would return to the day they were taken. On and on they vanished. Rapidly the bubble became emptier and emptier till after a few minutes all that left were me, the furry crew, Junior Billingsworth, Eloise and Curry Murray. Finn quickly turned off the machine and I stopped the bubble. We had to have a proper goodbye, right? Shall we dance like no one is watching? Curry, on your pup. CK, hit it. Curry jumped onto Eloise's back and danced what I think was the Charleston as Eloise waltzed round and Junior span with his arms out wide. All of them with heads up to the sun and breathing in free air for the first time in a long time. We did this for a while before Eloise spoke. As fun as this is, it's time. All agreed.
There were hugs all round. It had been decided beforehand that Junior was heading back to the Triangulum Galaxy to his family. Eloise was heading back to Madame Mac and the happy life that she'd made for herself, but this time with an extra member. Curry Murray was going along with her. They had spoken often and become incredibly close, and Murray was happy to enjoy Madame Mac's travelling sideshow. And honestly, who wouldn't want to see a talking koala bear who could eat a quite frankly dangerous amount of curry in one sitting? Jamie had already made the calculations. It's been a pleasure, you lot. We all bowed to each other. Finn, do your thing, wee man. Finn started the machine. The red lights once again attached. The button was pressed and our three friends vanished back to the life that they deserved. Seconds after they vanished, a car came down the road, dust kicking up in tiny dervishes at its speedy progress. Ah, here they are. It was Jamie and her da. Obviously they couldn't hang around Area 51. The bad guys would figure out eventually who was involved, so they had to scarper. It was decided they should join me and the furry crew at Casa CK for a while, just so things could settle down. Don't worry, they won't leave the house, mingle with any butterflies or interact with their own parents at the high school dance. It's just for a wee spell, while we figure out the best way to deal with them going back to their own time safely. I made the calculations to head home, the bubble encased us all, and with the press of a button, here we go. And there you have it, my friends. The conclusion, the stirring conclusion of Area 51. Hope you enjoyed it. Be kind enough to stay after the music. I've got a couple of things to mention and a couple of shout outs I'd like to say. Um, so if you could stay around for that, that would be fantastic. Until next time, my friends, Slancha, your good health. Okie dokie, folkies. So. First person I'd like to mention is Paul Chomo, co-host of Varmints, who became a patron. Cheers, Paul. Thank you very, very much. And I'm assuming basically all of you will know Varmints as well. So, But if you don't, check it out. It's awfully good. And the other person I want to give a shout out to is the wee man, Dean. Hello, Dean. I've been told you're a very big fan of the show. Huge Merther, as it were. It's very much appreciated. Thank you for listening, Dean. Ray says, To the rest of you, you know how to find me. If you don't, you can find me on the Twitter at Mirth's underscore monsters. You can find me on Instagram at Mirth's 73 and you can find me on the Facebook. Uh, we have a Facebook group on there, and it's the best thing since bread, sliced or unsliced. If, you, if you're on Facebook, if you search for Mercer Monsters, a.k.a. Finn's Fan Club, and join the group, 
guaranteed fun. It's a safe place. It's nice. It's a lot of fun. There's Patreon as well. Just started a new book for our $8 and up patrons, War of the Worlds. Part one of that is out just now, so if you fancy that, plus all your stickers and all that kind of malarkey, fairy tales, sweet stories, it's uh, patreon.com forward slash Monsters. And I believe that's everything for just now. So, for the meantime, take care of yourselves. Until we meet again, Daddy Flame. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.